Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 110. This week on the show, I have one of my favorite conversations that I've had uh, with JT from the band Era. Um, super cool dude, super fun to talk to, and you know we talked about all kinds of stuff, including the uh, self-titled deluxe edition of the album that is dropping this Friday, March the eighteenth. Um, but a lot more, you know. We talked about tour. We talked about um, gatekeeping in the music industry. We talked about our love for Silverstein. We both are are big Silverstein fans. We talked a little bit about that. We talked about the office, uh, parks and rec. Like this conversation was super cool. Um, so whether you're, you know, a, a big fan of the band or just enjoy some of the conversations that I have with people, I think this episode is going to be a big one for you because a era needs to be on your fucking radars right now. Like, as soon as this episode's over, switch over to Era's Spotify, Apple, whatever you're listening to me on. Check out their music because I think you're going to find a lot of stuff that you're you're going to dig. Um, pretty much regardless of what genre of music you normally like. They've kind of... They're a metalcore band, but they've got a lot of depth to them. So I think there's you know a good chance that you're going to find something you like. But... Even aside from that, uh, it was just super cool to talk to him. He's getting ready to head out on tour. Um, it's going to be a pretty dope tour. Uh, Era with Beartooth, Silverstein, and The Devil Wears Prada. Um, kicking off basically at the end of this month on March 26th in Fort Wayne. Um, so we talk about that uh, and a lot of other stuff. So let's just jump into it. Let's dive into my conversation with JT from ERA. Um, let's start off with kind of the boring-ass opening question. Uh, mm -hmm. You guys have been around a while, so if it's a fan of yours, I don't know how they would not know who you are. But maybe for a new listener, who are you, what do you do in the band, and why are we talking today, man? My name is uh, JT Cavey. Um, I am the screamer and new newly singing member of uh, a band called Era based out of Birmingham, Alabama. I, I live in Baltimore, Maryland, and I'm happy to be here. So hopefully you don't get the shit that we're getting. I'm in Indiana, so it's currently uh, blowing about an inch worth of snow outside my fucking window. Nice. Right so. I was just talking about Fort Wayne. That's the first stop on the next tour. Yeah, which I uh, am going to hit Tim up about and see if I can't get out and uh, shoot that show for you guys and, you know, do some fun shit, right? Yeah. So. Um, I will say um, I'm pretty sure the Zoom call is using the webcam now, so I just want to make sure you're not, you're still getting your uh, XLR mic when you do your podcast. Uh, it should have been the web mic or the web uh, cam the whole time. I don't have a separate cam for it, so. No, like your audio. Uh, gotcha. Uh, like I'm, I'm hearing your audio from the cam, which is fine, but I want to make sure you're still getting your mic audio for your podcast. I gotcha. Yeah. Let's set that setting and double check. 
I don't know how you're how you're saving it. I just want to make sure I didn't screw you up by making you switch that. No, no, you're good. Uh, no, that's like it sounds. It sounds good, but yeah, it, it says it's pulling it from the two i two. So maybe I'm just uh, getting the room. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's unfortunately the the new office over here that I'm using. Third bedroom really is what it is. Uh, is not very sound uh, friendly yet, dude. Because I haven't moved a bunch of shit into it. Yeah, My room is so, so bad. So we'll uh, we'll just scoot up on the mic a little bit here. And oh, it is okay. Yeah, it's just you're getting better. so much room. Yeah, gotcha. Sorry, I'm not. I feel like I'm no, just no, picking you apart. You're you're totally fine, man. Like that's why we do these, you know. I, I'm just such a snob when it comes to audio quality. Hey, we'll take it. So, I'm here. I promise. I'm here for you. Yeah, no, I know, and I appreciate it. Um, yeah, so. You know, we just kind of barely touched on it, but let's talk about some of the cool shit you guys are doing. You've re-release coming out um, mm -hmm. at this point in about two weeks. Um, talk about kind of what goes into this thought process, because there's a lot of people out there that think that a re-release is like a cop-out, and I don't believe that. Like, to me, a re-release is we had so much more vision than what we could put into the album mm -hmm. on that first release. What was it like for you guys? We are really proud of the self-titled. Um, so there's a bit of like, uh, you know, we wanted to kind of just readdress basically what you said. We just wanted to readdress all the content that we have for that record and then kind of add to it. Um, we were also given like so much free time with quarantine. That's really like why we, why the deluxe even exists. Like we had this, this huge block of free time in a, the beginning of 2021 we're like let's just go back to the studio so that's what we did yeah and uh we had those songs done by the end of Janu january we were in there for like two weeks yeah is it uh at this point just muscle memory you know what i mean like was it that <laughs> quick for you um yeah it's getting pretty easy i don't i don't know <laughs> i mean we still go in there and like push ourselves but like we you know the routine is what helps is like the routine has been the same, uh, same guys and like me and Jesse have just found a, a really productive and quick way to like get stuff done. I don't know. We're just getting like better. It's more like efficiency has improved more than more than anything. Yeah. Um, and then all the recent things that have happened in everybody's lives has given us a lot to talk about. So yeah, for sure. We're, feeling, we're definitely know, feeling creative these days. Yeah, the the two years of of COVID and not having live music and just being able to kind of absorb the world around us mm -hmm. obviously lends a creative hand to everything that you're working on. As far as people interpreting the deluxe as like a cop-out, I get it. But like, we're not doing it to be like, we're not doing it for like numbers. Like the, the right. self-titled all already did well. Like we're already happy with it. We're just like trying to provide more content. It's also um, going to be a double pressing. So like I'm just excited to have like one of those in our under our belt. And um, I don't know if people are complaining about more shit from us, they can suck it. <laughs> <laughs> like, sorry, we're giving you guys content. I don't know. Yeah, no, I've not heard anybody. They're going to get the they're going to get the next record soon enough. So it's like, right. Right. Well, and I've not heard him say it about you specifically, just in general that, you know, yeah. re-releases, oh, they're they're copping out. And I, the only instance of it that I can think of that may be a cop-out would be like a day to remember is the easy target for it. Like trying mm -hmm. to get out of that record deal that they had with Victory, like, cool, we'll just do right. a re-release. Like, okay, that makes sense. But like, <laughs> 
most bands, I feel like the the re-releases or the deluxes are. Uh-oh. What happened? We're still here. We're just gonna chill. Just me and you. Me, myself, and I. Okay. I'm back. <laughs> I was Jesus. talking to myself for fun. I was too for a minute. <laughs> um so I have Starlink for my internet. And <gasps> hard enough. You have Starlink? I have Starlink. Tell me about Starlink, because my bass player is trying to get it so bad because he has awful like local internet. Honestly, up until literally this moment where, I'm not joking, I mean, the snow coming down out the window is insane. That's right? probably why. I, yeah, it is it, it's satellite, and it's on yeah. the ground currently, like, ground level, I should say. I haven't got it up on a tower or anything yet, mm -hmm. uh, but my normal speeds, I'm easily around 100 megs down, constant. That's so, sick. Yeah, like, for what I'm doing, it's it's been perfect. Um, I've seen it spike up around 300 megs down, which is fucking insane. Uh, but awesome. for now, what I did is uh, I hotspotted over to my phone because I was like, well, I'm not going to let uh, him just hang. Okay. We'll be fine. I get decent uh, 5G where I'm at. Yeah, you're clear. You're good. Yeah. So, But yes, uh, anything he can do to uh, get that is going to be huge. Yeah. All right, cool. I'll tell him. Yeah. yeah. It, it's worked for me. Like I do some online Xbox and stuff like that. And it's, it's done all that. Your pings. All right. Mm -hmm. uh, nice. On average 50 or less. That's great. Yeah. I mean, that's good enough. Yeah. So uh, anyway, what we were saying, Yeah, you were saying <laughs> you, you got cut off saying something about the deluxe some. Yeah. So I think, you know, for most bands, the, the deluxe or the reissues are not the cop out. It's, we have all these cool things, or like in you guys' case, we're bringing in someone to do some guest vocals. You know, you guys had right. Courtney from Spirit Box in, and it's like, look at what else, you know, we've evolved, especially in your case. We've evolved over the years now, and we want to show you what all we can do. Sure. Yeah, and there, I mean, even in the year difference of recording, I feel like I got <clears throat> more out of my voice. Um, there's a lot more singing stuff from me uh, on the on the deluxe, the deluxe is going to issue like a. Uh, I mean, there's an audio save color cover that's all singing, and it's split between me and Jesse. Yeah. So I'm a little nervous because it's you know an audio save cover, and it's you know my kind of first time doing stuff like that. So. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I may or may not have definitely did get an advance on it, and nice. I didn't see any problems with it. So. Uh, cool. I, I think you're going to be safe. You know, obviously there's going to be the snobs out there that like, uh, you know, you can't touch Audio Slave or you can't touch these bands. And it's like, but it's not to try to one up them. It's it's more of a respect thing, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we almost 
scrap scrap the uh, audio safe cover. We almost ran out of time. So when we found out we were going to have time to do it, we were like, so we can't fuck this up at all because he's amazing and he's dead. So we have to make sure the justice is totally there. Like this is a bold move. Um, he's a, one of the greats and somebody I, you know, really looked up to as a, as a singer. So <clears throat> I hope everybody's happy with the result of the cover. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's, I'm going to put it out there. Like, I don't know if you've heard any of the new machine gun Kelly covers, but it's not on that subpar. <laughs> I so, haven't. I have not. Uh, he did a cover of uh, misery business and numb. Oh, we saw and, that coming. Yeah. They are both trash. <coughs> <coughs> oh no. Yeah. Which is super sad. Like, Misery business, fine, whatever, dude perspective on a chick song, like, okay. Mm -hmm. But numb, to your point, you know, like Chester's dead. Chris is yeah, that's now. Like you're if you're not doing them justice, man, that's just a You have to be face. really good to get even close to what Chester was capable of, or else nobody's gonna want to hear it. This this that kind of idea like really hit me when I went to go see uh a Metallica cover band recently and they were really good and they did them justice but seeing them live just made me realize that I never want to see anybody but Metallica playing a Metallica song yeah and yeah. but that's just I mean that's just me no I mean it it makes sense like there's I think there's a very fine line between like paying homage or showing respect to a band by mm -hmm. doing covers or even being a cover band and then just trying to kind of ride that coattail and like oh we're gonna get successful because these songs are already successful like yeah but but you're not james hetfield so fuck yeah off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know metallica's kind of one of those bands it's like risky i mean the then you have miley cyrus who did her version of nothing else matters and that was like incredible yeah so yeah it, there, there are some exceptions yeah, and I think it all comes down to the artistic side of it, you know. Like sure, for if sure. You're doing a, a straight note for note cover. You better be on top of your fucking game. Yeah. But if you're going to take that little bit of artistic freedom and tweak mm -hmm. it, okay, you it's a little more relaxed at that point. Yeah. For sure. Awesome. Uh, so let's talk about on this this deluxe edition. Uh, like you said, it's your your first like second pressing. Um, what can fans expect out of the physical side? And I know that's weird because we live in such a digital age, but like vinyls, things like that. Like, are we looking to do some special limited editions, things of that nature? Yeah. I mean, all the, um, all the vinyl pre-orders are already up. I, I haven't gotten my copies yet. I think I was supposed to, um, but there's like different dies just for the deluxe edition that you're not going to get from the self-titled. So as far as like anything past that, I'm not sure what we have. We'll do the CDs and and um and uh, vinyl per usual, um, and they'll all be different from anything we've done. Like different art, you saw the artwork um, is different. So different. I mean, different everything. Nothing additional, but uh, you know what you would normally get with a new record, you're, you're going to get with self-titled. Awesome. Um, so let's talk a little bit about. You mentioned it. I think technically before this episode's going to have started, but uh, mm -hmm. just eight days after the the re-release happens, the deluxe happens, um, tour kicks off up in Fort Wayne, Indiana, yep. going out with Beartooth, Silverstein, and the Devil Wears Prada. Oh, yeah. So 
Silverstein especially and, and Double Wears Prada, you know, they've got some longevity in their their repertoire, you know, their catalog's mm-hmm. pretty deep. What's it like looking at it? Because I imagine those are bands that you kind of looked up to as you guys were coming up in the scene and, and developing your voice and things like that. What's it like to now be like, hey, these are our tour buddies now, you know, like now we get to say we shared the stage. I love tour because it is speed dating for friendship and I'm a social butterfly. I like making people feel good. I like uh, being kind of the clown and like bringing kind of uh, a positive energy to the room. So any opportunity that I get to meet new musicians and annoy them is my favorite. (laughs) Um, It's like, hey, I'm going to make you my new friend kind of thing. So what's cool is uh, the Devil Wears Prada was one of the first bands I ever toured with Um, in Texas in July. did the two weeks of Warp Tour in 2013 as like a trial to enter the band. But our first like legitimate tour was a seven week tour with the Devil Wears Prada. It was their headliner, the 818 tour. They've had a, a pretty substantial lineup change since then, but it'll be nice to see some familiar faces and, and kind of bring back some old memories. As far as Silverstein, I've never toured with them or, or Beartooth, and I, I kind of know some of those guys in both those bands, but I've heard great things. Definitely very excited. Um, like you said, I, I, I definitely grew up in Silverstein. I've, I've loved most of their albums, and I, it's really cool that <clears throat> a generally unconventional, like, spread when it comes to the tours we used to do, we usually do which is mostly metacore um i'm happy to get one of those like we call them the uh odd i call them the oddball tours because it's not like the tour you would expect for us but those are really really good for us because they i mean they get us in big rooms but they're also i mean plenty of those plenty of those people going to the shows who like Beartooth and silverstein also like bands like era so it's cool to get our it's cool to get our music in front of new ears um yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely fun being the heavier band on the tour. <laughs> right, right. Uh, it should so be really to, fun though. Yeah, and I have to ask because I'm a big Silverstein fan myself, and you said you enjoyed most of their albums. What's well, I the mean, album? <laughs> no, it's not even like that. It's like I I've become so like uh, I'm super bad these days about keeping up with bands I even like. Like I won't even listen to the my favorite band's new album until like way later because I'm just slow yeah. about it. So. They've been consistently putting out music pretty regularly, and I like I cannot keep up. Yeah, but everything I've heard is good. Like I just can't speak on it because I haven't really heard all of it. Right. Um, yeah, that, that, <laughs> no way was that intended to be like I don't really like this one. <laughs> no, it, it's totally fine. So yeah. I've talked to to I've had Shane on the show actually, and just I've talked to him yeah. a few times over the super years. Super nice. Yeah, he's super cool, dude. Um, but Arrivals and, Depa- and Departures is always the album that gets thrown out. It's the one with the shitty train on the cover. Like the blue yeah, green what's train. on that record that's exactly. the hits? <laughs> no! <laughs> oh, no, I didn't, want, I didn't want to reinforce your point. <laughs> now I have to look up what's on that record. Um, I'm pulling it up, too, because I can't think of... I know there's, like, two songs on there that are, like, okay, those, those do fucking hit hard. But uh, the majority of that album... It, and they even say, like Shane has said, that's probably his least favorite album. Sound of the Sun, If You Can mm-hmm. See My Soul. I know some of these songs. Oh, my. Uh, no, I do know some of these songs. 2007. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I might have uh, skipped it. I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, there's there's some decent stuff on there. But like when you look at their, you know, their track record, their history, that's definitely the, the album that most people are like, well... 
you know, the the one quote unquote miss. Um, I wasn't wow, I actually forgot about a shipwreck in the sand. That's a good record too. Yeah, yeah, and I think to your point though, like they're one of those bands that are consistently putting stuff out. You know, they're twenty years deep at this point, mm-hmm. and like constantly tweaking their sound and changing you know little things so that they do fit on these these types of tours like you call the oddball tours where yeah it's probably not you know them and bear tooth sure that makes sense but you and devil wears prada maybe maybe not you mm-hmm. know, for them but they now have stuff that fits into that genre as well yeah and i'm not saying those tours are even that weird because like Back in the day, and especially in Europe, the the spread, like the genre fusion tours, thrive. Yeah. Um, there used to be a time when like that was like very normal to have like pianos become teeth and cannibal corpus on the same tour. Like not not maybe not that extreme, but like right. it wouldn't be too far fetched, you know? Yeah. But now it's like there's <laughs> I feel like there's a little more gatekeeping. So like like I felt like a little alienized on the um we did it after the burial and a Casey Strain tour, and it was very obvious what cities uh, the fans were there for those bands and not us. <laughs> That's okay. I mean, we, we still gain fans that way, and um, it's always good to, like, to do those. It humbles yeah. you sometime. Well, and, yeah, I mean, obviously you've got that, but I think you're absolutely right. Like, the amount of gatekeeping. So I've been doing music journalism for, like, 17 years now, and the yes, you probably know all about that. Yeah, the, the amount of gatekeeping that's come through is just insane now. And it's like, but but why? It feels like it's starting to loosen up a lot more and go yeah. back to the old school way. But like, I think it is. So many people, oh, you know, I, I don't listen to them because, you know, fuck this guy. And it's like, but what did he ever do? Like, the only person, and I'll, I'll go on record, I may get heat for it. The only person that I'm like that with is Johnny Craig because of the past, you know, like, his drug addiction and fucking fans out of money. And you don't have to say anything. Yeah. You don't want to I don't know himself, him. But... You know, I don't know him at all. <laughs> Hell of a singer. Yeah. Clearly he has some stuff he has to work through or still work or had worked through. Who knows? Um, right. You know, I don't wish any, I try not to wish any ill will on anybody, but. No, and I, I think. He could, he could have made some better life choices for sure. Right. right. I think I'm in that boat. Like as a musician, I respect him. I, you know, obviously yeah. he's crazy talented as a human being, at least at that point in his life, I'm like, yeah, fuck that guy. Like, I don't want to associate, you know? Sure. Um, but I think, you know, too often people too throw out the whole, like, oh, well they're selling out because they're doing this. And it's like, don't you want your favorite band to be successful and stay right. around? Like, but they don't want it to be at the cost of their musical taste. Right. <laughs> it's a very thankless job we have. It, and it really is, you know, I think, <laughs> A prime example of that would be uh, Bring Me the Horizon, right? Like, Yeah, but I like their album, new stuff. I do too. But it seems like every time they drop a new album, their fan base goes nuts. They either love it or hate it. Yeah, and they are very polarizing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, so yeah, back to the tour. Obviously, we're starting off in a relatively small town, Fort Wayne. Um, you know, it's not Indianapolis. It's not Chicago. You're kind of this mm-hmm. middle market. But you're hitting some some pretty cool fucking venues on this tour. You guys are running from uh, looks like March 26th through May 3rd. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a couple of House of Blues shows out in Anaheim. Uh, you've got the Senate in South Carolina. Like, there's some some cool shit. Oh are yeah. There any venues on here that 
you guys are like, we're going to fuck this up. Like, in the best sort of way. Like, we love this venue and we want to rock. Um, what? The list. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> My bad. If I, I, if I could remember, no, if I could remember the venues that we're playing, without, that'd be pretty <laughs> impressive. Yeah. I mean, uh, any, like, the Fillmore in Denver is going to be sick. We were just there. Um, Salt Lake has become a city that's really surprised us, which is the day after. So excited for that. You know, any city where you feel like um, has given us a lot of love, we are happy to go back to. Um, as far as like rooms and stuff, like I'm not, I'm super non picky when it comes to venues. As long as they have a room on stage for us right. Right. and like our own bathroom <laughs> backstage. Because <laughs> I remember the days having to, you know, wait in line like five minutes before my set just to use the bathroom before I got on stage. So yeah. I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty like low maintenance when it comes to that stuff. I still remember what it was like to sleep, uh, you know, take naps in green rooms and shit before, before shows just to if, make it through the day. Yeah. If you even get with the room, bands right? playing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's so many venues that I've been to that like, the green room is really just like an employee break room, you know, in the yeah. back. Like it's nothing. <laughs> or or the it's like a utility closet. Right. <laughs> yeah. It, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's um, like that it's like the office episode. So this is the stage. Yep. Right. <laughs> I think we need to have everybody up here. Like no, there's not room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you love the office. I love the office. Uh, I'm a new lover of the office. Because I like Parks and Rec first, so I like binged mm -hmm. all of Parks and Rec. And uh, the reason I didn't originally like The Office is because I, whenever Michael did anything that was uncomfortable, I, I couldn't enjoy the show anymore. Like he's, right. he's so good at making me visi visibly uncomfortable, and I just couldn't handle it. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's fair. And I've, I feel like a lot of people are like that. Like I enjoy both Parks and Rec and The Office, but I started watching The Office before Parks and Rec, so I'm a bigger fan there. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's the opposite is true. If you started watching Parks and Rec, it's like, well, I'd rather watch Leslie and fucking Andy just be as ridiculous as fucking possible. Right. Yeah. The outtakes Great from uh, Parks and Rec, though. Oh, my God. Dude. Especially of Andy. Yeah. 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 Andy and April are definitely like uh, couples goals. Those are right? the best. Yeah. They're just they're so good. They but the same could be said about Pam and Jim, too, you know? Yeah, but in a much different way, right? Yes, like, much different. <laughs> much different. Pam and Jim are like the <coughs> the office professional, you know, mm -hmm. I've got my life together couple yeah. of schools. April and Andy are just like chaotic Anarchy. energy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, chaotic good. Yeah, that's so awesome. Um, so, yeah, uh, let's also talk. I, I Jumping back to the album because I forgot that you guys did this. Uh, you guys also, speaking of covers, did uh, Stockholm Syndrome by Muse, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. another band that is like, their fan base may come after you, you know what I mean? Like, they're super protective of their music. I didn't know uh, that. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Muse's fan base is, is like, die hard. But, again, personally, I don't think you guys did a bad job on it at all. But Thank you. What's it like, re regardless, I guess, when you're taking these songs... You know, we touched on, like, paying respect, especially when someone's passed. But how do you decide, for someone like Muse, who's not anywhere near your genre, mm -hmm. that, hey, we could probably take this song and, and mold it to what we want? Definitely more of a Jesse question, but I will say this. Because 
because he's like the primary songwriter. But I, I, I do know that um, he's a big 90s fan, as am I. Um, and there's definitely a select list of musical influences for him that that have translated already into era elements. So honestly, going to the root was easy because like it's almost like those songs were hand hand picked because we knew they were going to translate well into what we did because we used stuff like that stuff that's in those songs already or ideas and like um creative choices or whatever so like muse that that's like one of the heavier muse songs so like that as jesse i think he mentioned on instagram like that that riff just like is a metal band's like wet dream so right. we snatched it right up <laughs> fair that's fair yeah. um so as we move forward through 2022 now that live music is back and it feels weird saying that after you know two years of being shut down yeah uh what's it feel like for you guys to get back in that groove and say you know like we we can do what we love again in the fullest fashion well, it's not 100% full, unfortunately. And the biggest thing that has changed for us, and we realized this right away, is with trying to tour during a pandemic, the biggest thing is we wanted to interact with our fans and talk about the record and do meet and greets and like be at the merch table. And like, I mean, we're, we're there for them. So we're, we're not playing shows for us. We could do that in our, you know, in our garage. But so when we went on the ABR tour, the shows were incredible, but we had to go right off stage and back to isolating in our green rooms or, or wherever we were that day. So like that, that half of like the, um, the touring experience is just not there yet. And it makes it feel a little less fun. Um, unfortunately, but the alternative is, is way worse. So I'd much rather be on the road and feel a little isolated for now. At, at least we get to like give a little love and, and play the songs for you guys at least. Because the new songs are really fun to play, so I want to keep doing it. Right. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I, I get where you're going with that. Because, like, the alternative is, like you said, playing at home, doing maybe some of those live, live streams. streams. And it's like, okay, great. Do they, I see heart emojis and whatever, but, like, that's right. not the same as hearing people scream it's the words back to you. That, and, like, seeing on their faces and, like, and like hearing their stories and hearing how uh, we, we've helped them with things and signing stuff for them I, I i really do like to give back and um you know that kind of it's cheesy but like it makes it does make all this worth it and if i can't do that it's like i don't feel fulfilled you know right well i, I think that's a an interesting point um especially with you guys's music and this is probably more on jesse as well but like it's not surface level songs that you guys write you know mm -hmm. you guys write very deep material and very, we try. <laughs> yeah, very personal material and, and things like that to that, you know, a lot of people are connecting with. So when they can tell you back, like you're saying, like, hey, man, this, this song really pulled me out of this funk that I was in or whatever, like, the money's great. Obviously, we all want to be millionaires and billionaires, but hearing someone say that I impacted their life is pretty fucking cool. Absolutely. Um, I save almost every personal thing that's given to me, especially if it's like a handwritten note. I have like a, like a, like a memory box kind of thing Yeah. for stuff like that. Like little trinkets. I have a, I have dream, a dream catcher that was made by a fan um, named Cheyenne. Shout out to Cheyenne if you're watching this. Um, but yeah, we have some really, <laughs> just like Muse, we have some really loyal uh, 
really passionate fans, and it's we're very grateful for it. Some nice people out there. Yeah. Haven't had a lot of crazies yet, which is good. Yeah, and I was going to say, <laughs> you know, like, the flip side of that can be, obviously, that side yeah. of it where you know, maybe you're connecting with me too much or like <laughs> you, you've taken something different out of this connection. You know, my address, that's a little too close. Right. right. We don't, we don't need Kanye level stuff here. Yeah. <laughs> um, so as this, this world opens up more and you do get more fan interaction and things like that, kind of for you guys, what's the vision for 2022? Obviously you want to tour as much as possible, but kind of you know, moving forward, more music videos, like what, what is driving you at this moment? As, as most people saw, excuse me, as most people saw with the um, self-titled release, there was like a full rebrand, a selected set of colors that you saw reoccurring, symbols, merch, uh, album artwork, uh, logo of like, a full creative artistic revamp. We're trying to create like a, a, a visual universe to accompany our music. And I think that really ex- accelerates like the, uh, like it's like two pieces of a puzzle to go, to go together. And I feel like that was something we were always missing as far as like having like a creative identity for the band. So that's really cool to have now. But the problem is when you do that is you're setting the bar higher for yourself. So we'll have to right. figure out ways to like keep that moving or, uh, adding new elements, keeping the standard high, because once we set it, you know, we really can't go any less. Um, so yeah, like making sure we have sick lights for every tour now is, uh, is a new financial problem that we've had to deal with. Um, things like that, just like keeping up with the standard we're trying to set, our, set up for ourselves, as well as like try to raise the bar every time too. It's definitely going to be hard, but, uh, I'm here for it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, for you personally, is it, competition with yourself or looking at some others and being like i think we can top that i mean there's a reason i look in the mirror every day and call myself a piece of shit (laughs) (laughs) i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding Uh, i mean some days yeah some days i some days i do for sure those are the bad those are the bad ones though the good days is like you know you got to keep yourself you got to hold yourself accountable for like we're given a position to uh make an impression on people and if we're not like trying our best for ourselves, you know, they can see it too. You know, we'll, we'll know too, but like, I, there's a definitely a special love of connection to some of our fans with us. Like they know what to expect from us. They know that we can keep pushing the envelope and I'd like to keep delivering, honestly. Um, I mean, the sky's the limit. If you, if you keep, if you keep setting the, if you keep putting like a, a shell on your music then you can't really exceed from there but if you like keep grinding and you realize that the grind really does never end i mean you're going to get some diminishing returns at that point we're not working on like 100 percent returns we're working on like small returns like one percent but like those one percents do do make a difference so whatever it takes you know yeah and i think you know the key part, point that you just made is like not binding yourself into the the old school box right like mm-hmm you're strictly a metalcore band like okay we are but look at all this yeah what can we do we can do so why put us in this box and like that's something i've tried to get away from over the the course of years that i've been doing this is like surface level sure i'll I'll call you a a metalcore band but like if people stop and listen to your music there's so much more to it than just being a metalcore 
and people also get like uh they they settle and they get complacent with themselves with them i'm talking like from an artist perspective they they find this good spot and it feels good and then they forget that there's a next level there's always another level and there's always somebody out there working harder than you to find that level too and will push you aside and take your spot if you don't if you're not hungry enough for it so reminding yourself that there's always something to like grind for and work towards and like placing new goals after you've met your previous ones you got to keep doing that or else you're going to get stagnant you're going to stay you're going to like create a mindset to stay less creative you got to keep yourself in check and say hey like what can we do next how can we improve on this how can we how can you know we get a better result from this next time can we try this who else can we bring on our team to help us like it's definitely not something you can do alone when we expanded our team we found that there were so many other things that we weren't doing correctly or we could improve upon that uh, has really helped us out along the way. Yeah, for sure. Uh, how do you think the digital age has affected the pushing the boundaries of creativity? Like, because there's so much music at fingertip now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, oversaturation for sure. So you're constantly fighting for uh, attention and limelight with bands who are just as good as you. So that's the tough part, um, if you know, if not better, depending on who you are. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I wish I had a little more perspective of like doing some like two thousands era music stuff because that was like right before the digital age. People were still doing um, like w- like Walkman CD players and like right. physical media was still king, and that's when people still bought a lot of physical media, and and those numbers were really important. It's like bands, bands like Unearth, who have been around for those years. Like, they know they they've seen firsthand what it looks like to go from like really high physical media sales to different like streaming numbers and and trying to adapt to the changing market and uh, changing like uh, digital age is really hard. I mean, it's hard for me. Like, I don't even want I don't want to get on TikTok, but I feel like the fact that I haven't made a TikTok now is like hurting me because of how good the algorithm is and how well that promotion is really effective. So it's like, oh, the 32-year-old me is like rolling over in his own grave. Hey, I, I feel you, man. I'm 36, <laughs> getting ready to be Yeah, so you get it. It's like, fuck, yeah. I got to learn some whole new platform. Like, I don't want to do this, man. <sighs> and that, that's exactly where I'm at. Like, How do I, I connect have... with these these teenagers? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how do I connect with these kids? <laughs> how do I connect um... with the kids? <laughs> But, like, I have a TikTok. I've posted nothing on it yet. Yeah. And I'm, like, in that mode, like you're saying, like, how do I figure this out? Like, what do I need to do to to promote and change up? You know, because it is. The algorithm that's on there is probably the most accurate and manipulative that you can. <laughs> manipulative like, is a good word. Yeah, well, like, you know, you can you're not easily wrong. direct your, your content to the mm-hmm. right people and then curated if you want to yeah, say it nicely sure but it's, it's china so i'm gonna say manipulated uh sure <laughs> but i i think you're right like there's obviously in the music space there's a potential growth there that maybe hasn't really been seen before but at the same time you you have to think about like okay i've got one to three minutes tops to get gather all this attention yeah and I have to keep doing that and turning it out pretty quick. So I'm big into Twitch, and I've noticed mm-hmm. with Twitch culture, clip, uh, clip farming, as they call it, or like click, it's like their version of clickbait. Right. So 
it's like everything's for the clip or like you're like I'm doing this thing that I normally wouldn't do, but I knew that know the result is a video that's going to get a lot of views, which is going to make me more money. So that idea translate into all forms of like business promotion, yeah. whether it's uh, a product that you sell like like face care or it's uh, a personality on, on Instagram. It's like the same thing. And it's like, it's like, it's like the whole idea with like fast food, you know, it's like, I, I send you money, you give me the food, I'm out of there. Like they just want the content, they want the laugh and they want to go to the next one and move on. That's why like, we're constantly swiping through Tinder and, and, and feeds and Instagram and, yeah. and uh, Facebook and all that stuff. In five years, I'm going to have like five TVs on a wall and like each new station is going to be on a different TV <laughs> and I'm going to have a tinfoil on my head because of all this shit. Hey, I mean, the way the world's going right now, as we talk, you know. Literally, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, as of this morning, yeah. Yeah, it's it's nuts. And we don't have to get into Pretty that nuts. political side of it. But I, I, well, I don't want to. Good, good. I don't either. Um, <laughs> so on the, the TikTok thing, though, I think you're absolutely right. You know, and just on the little bit of scrolling that I do, like the the Twitch clip farming is totally a thing. Like, I mm -hmm. can't tell you how many videos I see that are just like, you know, a 45 second clip of what somebody was streaming on Twitch. Yeah. And it's like, okay, like I get an idea of what their content is, but at the same time I'm getting these little M&Ms or starbursts, if you will, of, oh, that was fun. Yeah. Why do I want to go waste a whole hour on it though? Like I can just scroll and get the next funny bit. Dude, the, the like mental gymnastics that I play with myself every time I'm like sitting for more than 20 minutes looking through YouTube, I'm like, this is nonsense, but I, I still watch it every time. Like I, it gets me every time. I, I, I said this recently, but I would love to read the case study, the psychological case study on us that we're going to have. It's probably being written now right. on media consumption and how it's affected us and how it's changed so many things about our lives, our tension spans, our like need for immediacy. Um, like I use a grocery store delivery shipping service. I am the most, I'm the, it's actually, it's on my hat right now. It's shipped. Uh, I love shipped like shout out to them. They're amazing. Uh, but like, am I a spoiled piece of shit because I love and use shipped? I don't know, probably a little bit, but it's just like, we've been conditioned to need like this quick, like aqua acquisition of things. Right. Yeah. It, I mean, being 36 time is money yeah being 36 you know i i saw kind of everything right like friendster myspace facebook when friendster it launched. oh yeah. remember buddy pick buddy pick yeah <laughs> dude that was the, the most day. demoralizing one man <laughs> rate my face right hot or not like, hot or, yeah hot or not holy shit yeah yeah we're screwed uh, yeah, so like seeing that, you know, I, I was just talking to somebody at work, my day job today, and I brought that up. I was like, you know, like, I'm older than Google. Like, oh, no. Yeah. And that's <laughs> tough to think about. Holy. Yeah. So like. <laughs> older than know, Facebook. Yeah, we're older than Facebook, MySpace, like all these things. And like seeing that progression, MySpace and, and the beginning of Facebook was meh, right? Mm -hmm. but, once Instagram came out, it was all about that instant. I'm going to post yeah. a selfie. I want to know exactly who likes it, whatever. Um, and we had bits and pieces of that before. Like you said, buddy pick, hot or not, whatever. But it, 
it just goes to fuel that, like, almost... I'm going to say it's toxic. That toxic feeling it's definitely, of... I definitely think it's toxic. Yeah, that toxic feeling of, like, if if I don't get X number of likes, then I'm not worth whatever. And it's like, but maybe it was just a bad day, you know? Or maybe, yeah. maybe those people just... The algorithm changed and they didn't see it or whatever. Like, I think... <laughs> I'm going to sound so fucking old right now. The society of today, (laughs) this generation, is that that's where they feel that that self self value comes from, is other people. And it's like, I get it. But at the same time, like, if you're not happy with yourself, then nobody's going to be happy. They also have no, they have no reason to moderate their accountability. Right. for for their users like it's up to the user to moderate their their consumption and uh you know and everything needs moderation there's like i used to play i was like a heavy world of warcraft player and like when you lo- yeah? yeah you know when you log in they have those like little messages like in the loading screen one of them the probably the most iconic one is everything is good in moderation even world of warcraft and i was like Shut up as I log in for the thousandth day, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. they're right. They're right. And well, we forget I, I, that. And that's why, but that's why it's toxic. Yeah, it's I, not really the app that's toxic. I mean, it, it is too, but like it, what's toxic is how, what, like what it does to us, how it makes us feel. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, the only, the only game system or thing that I can think of other than World of Warcraft that did that the Wii used to, if you played the Wii for like more than two hours in a row or something, maybe you should take a break. Like, mm-hmm. have you stepped outside today and it's like, fuck you, game. Like, <laughs> you're having fun. Let me have fun. Don't gatekeep fun. I feel like Nintendo's always been good about little things like that. Something about them has like this personal care element to it. Um, and uh, I mean, I, I'm pulling that out of my ass right now, but I, I, I'm sure there's something the gym and I can back it up with I, I I just I have this feeling in my gut that something I've experienced has always reminded me that Nintendo has been one to do that yeah that, well I mean they've always kind of I I think the original Nintendo was called the family console like that was their tagline for right them. so it was always about you know like family and and things like that but I think you're right like at, at least as long as I can remember, there's something about Nintendo that always felt like it's not as aggressive. Is yeah. maybe I don't yeah, know I the think word. That's probably the the right phrasing for it. Is they they weren't as in your face about anything or like if you don't like Nintendo. I think the perfect example is console wars, right? Like yeah, Xbox versus PlayStation. Everybody's very in one camp or the other, but everybody kind of agrees. Well, Nintendo's all right. Like. I can go play the Wii or the Switch or whatever. Honestly, last time I checked, they still had like record sales, like yeah. by a lot. And they're not fighting with anybody because they're kind of their own. Like, I'm a sweaty gamer. So I like sweaty gamer consoles and sweaty gamer games. And that's what I play. Like, I'm not, I'm not really that market anymore. But like, I really appreciate that Nintendo has stayed in this lane of like, a different area of gaming experiencing yeah. and it's not about like crushing the enemy it's about really enjoying your time 
in like a healthy way. That's why games like Animal Crossing are so popular. People can just kind of like escape and relax. They don't have to chuck their controller across the room when they get teabagged in Halo. There's, there's going to be so many people that are like, what's teabagging in Halo? Yeah, 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 true. Actually, there was a video recently about the difference between new teabagging and old teabagging. Is it the one where the kid asked why somebody was twerking on him instead of... Uh, That's one of them, too. No, it's yeah. like, it's more of this, like, kid, like, look, you, like, new gamers don't get it. Like, teabagging is all about going slow and making sure they see you doing it throughout the entire load into their next respawn. <laughs> it was psychological warfare back in our day. Yeah. Like, it, it was just different. And like, maybe that's why we grew up and became who we are or whatever. But like, I remember loading into old Halo lobbies, Call of Duty lobbies, like the shit that gets said in those lobbies. You need to become a man that day. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> but we all just like, okay, well, fuck that guy <clears throat> and moved on with our lives. And now everybody takes offense to everyone. I was never affected by it. It was just like part of the game. It's, it was right. funny. Yeah. Yeah. If anything, cool, you talk shit to me. I'm going to hunt you down. Like, my whole goal this round is to murder you. Nobody yep. else. Which is why they incorporated the revenge bonus points when you get kills. Or uh, yeah. there's one other one. It's basically like the same principle as like hunting down who killed you last. Kingslayer was one of them for yeah. So yeah, I don't know how we got off on this tangent. It's something about the digital age, but (laughs) yeah, I I think the the overall point that that both of us are making is you know the the moderation, um, finding finding self worth in yourself versus Mm -hmm. the gratification of others or whatever. Um, but I think it ties into music too, where, you know, we mentioned earlier about gatekeeping and how it's starting to feel like it's going back the, the old way. I think it's getting better. Um, and I, I think that's, so the reason you make the scene exists, um, with that name is the concept that everyone in the music scene is what makes that scene. Like, sure. You're a fan, an artist, a, a stagehand, whatever, like it wouldn't exist without you. So, like, why be shitty towards somebody else that loves the same thing that you love? Yeah. It just makes I, no sense. <laughs> I think that's why I love... I used to not understand React pages, but now I'm obsessed with them, and I think I, fi- I figured out why I love them. I think I like finding and seeing something that I really enjoy and seeing that same enjoyment in somebody else. It just makes me feel good, you know? Yeah. And... um you know, we definitely have a responsibility to to carry that torch and like and be a beacon of like positivity because the inverse like sucks. Like, no, like, yeah, you can form clicks with like negative press, but like, there's nothing better than like meeting somebody who's like genuinely cool and they make they make content and art that you like, but they're also like trying to do good in the world at the same time. Like, I think yeah. that's the best scenario. Yeah, which I think's a great segue back into the band, right? Like again with the music that you guys write and being relatable and, and making those connections with mm-hmm. fans to your point you know like keeping all those little keepsakes and recognizing certain people that have been at a hundred shows and whatever it's those sorts of things like the impact that you have just be by recognizing someone could change their entire oh, yeah. life yeah it's not it's so it's so easy to be nice to people like you or just get them like two seconds of your time um it, it's i mean 
there are days when it is hard be- and it's not their fault like you're just it's it's tough to put on the front when you're just not you know not your heart's not in it but um yeah but if you can like make the gesture like it, it's it's way if like you're mean to somebody at a show they're gonna tell all right we'll, we'll start with the inverse if you're nice to somebody at a show they'll tell a couple of people they might tell a lot depending on the person but if you're mean to somebody they're gonna tell everybody they know yeah, <laughs> yeah that was so i used to work at best buy that was one of the psychologies that me too we talked about yeah uh, Home theater, baby. I also work for Circuit City. Ooh. <laughs> That's a name that none of these kids know about. <laughs> uh, the Best Buy in my my town put out the Circuit City. Oh, the wow. H.H. Greg. Like, Damn, H.H. Greg, too. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Um, but no, like, one of the little, like, psychology notes that one of my managers gave me around that is, you know, like you said, when somebody has... You'll probably remember this because we're close enough in the same age. The world class experience that Best Buy used to talk about. Um, Maybe it was, it was this. Was that old, before Geek Squad? It was right before Geek Squad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the world class experience was like end to end solutions, whatever. So if you give somebody a world class experience, they're going to tell like their five closest friends because they want it True. to be their secret, their True. thing. But then you have a shitty interaction. They're telling anyone they possibly can because fuck you and fuck everything yep yeah yep. it's it's insane how quick Shred lately <laughs> yeah, yeah um so let's roll back uh as we wrap up the episode here rolling back into 2022 um what would be the dream scenario tour for you guys uh as the year progresses if you could just link up with anybody what would that dream tour for you specifically be? for me or for the band let's do both okay i might that might be kind of both um just any i mean any honestly any big tour and good slot like we're really due for i would love to tour with architects um parkway drive's always been on that list kill switch um i would love to be on a thrice support tour there you go. I think that would be really cool. We would probably do like a lighter set to kind of copy that, but like, I know that would be a dream for Connor and I. We're both big Thrice fans. Um, the oddball tours, I really like. You know, it, it just changes it up for us. Like, I've I've seen tons of metalcore tours, um, so I really like the the monotony broken up with these oddball ones. More of these. Like we say, I, I hope I hope the mixed genre stuff really takes uh, takes some flight because I'd like to do more. I would like to get some more like um, <clears throat> new metal and like kind of heavy rap stuff kind of mixed in too because I I like that shit. I don't know. Yeah. No, like I'm I, I'm here for all of it. We need to like experiment and try more things because you know we can't be the only band that tries to pave the way for like new new types of shit in metalcore. Right. There has right. to be a, a more collective effort. I think as music is kind of in this, you know, this transition period, I think that there's potential for more of these type of mixed tours because Mm -hmm. like at this point, it's who cares what genre you're in? Like, can you draw fans? Let's go have a good fucking time and everybody draw fans. Yes, exactly. ABR said something interesting to us recently. Um, It's like the beginning of that tour we just did. 
we were on a, a shallower stage in New Haven, Connecticut, and I'm talking to, uh, I think it was Brent, and I was like, so are you guys going to strike the kit? Which, uh, which for anybody that's not, that doesn't understand what that means, if the stage is shallow, you have the riser, the drum riser for the, uh, the drummer, usually the headliner, exclusively. They don't have to pull their kit off stage. They can leave you with a sh- an inch of room. I've seen I've seen concerts where the the headliners kit's still up there, and the other bands literally are putting their kit on the side of the stage mm-hmm. and playing from the corner. And he's like, "Of course we're pulling the kit." And I was like, "Oh, thank you." He's like, "Dude, let me tell you something." He like told a short story, and the point of the story was like, "We bring you guys out so you can have a good show too." There's no point of bringing support bands and fucking them because they add to our numbers and they add to the experience for everybody like we want everybody there to enjoy the entire show because it's a reflection on us too even if you guys um aren't our band you know so they try to they try to look at the bigger picture they also remember what it was like to be in our position and be a growing band too so they're just i mean shout out to them always they're so awesome to tour with but um like that mentality is very important um and we try to do the same thing we try to treat anybody that we bring on tour like dude just because we're the headliner doesn't mean we're going to treat treat you like shit like fuck, fuck that also nobody's gonna ever want to tour with us if we're like that <laughs> yeah yeah it, it's self-serving in that sense right yeah. like we don't want to burn all these bridges but at the same time like the community only gets better the scene only gets better through the support of of others yeah others yeah like like you said you could be the assholes that are like nope fuck it the you know Everything stays. We're leaving guitar cases, their guitar racks out there. Like, yeah. fuck it. You have that much, that five by yeah. five square. Cool. Fuck them. I'm done. <laughs> you know? like, yeah, we don't, we, and we don't tour with those bands anymore because of it. You know, yeah. I understand the scenarios where it's like logistics, like it's a pain in the ass to reset up everything. But like, if you can, like, but, you know, make make our lives easier, please. Right. <laughs> you know, and we'll do the same. If you're a a double drum kit and you know a double bass drum kit and things like that like it's way too inconvenient to move sure mm-hmm. we understand some of that but if you have a basic you know four on the floor setup yeah yeah get the fuck out of the way <laughs> yeah dude i'll put your drums back all right <laughs> right right yeah oh man it, it's crazy just seeing from the fan perspective too, seeing that sometimes or like in my case shooting shows and i'm like ooh. That's going to be rough, you know, like seeing that, nope, there's a curtain. They're not, they're not getting the riser or yeah. they're not getting this. It's like, but why? Like, what? Did they piss somebody off? Like, Yeah, who they, it's really who they pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> and it's usually the headliner's crew that you have to be the nicest to because they, they make a lot of the decisions. Yeah. Awesome, man. Um, I think that's going to be everything I've got for this episode. So, do you want me to? Do you have any outro rolling that I need to like participate in? I'll have you uh, shout out all of your socials. We'll tag them, but you know, where can people find you? What to expect? Obviously, we've got the tour, um, and then I guess a question would be: Do you guys? I didn't notice. Do you have a pre-save link or anything for the deluxe? I know. You um, have yeah, we, we we should. Um, yeah, all that stuff's on like our band's link tree or like links and bios and whatnot. We're all on social media. You know, anybody can find us through Instagram, Twitter, whatever your 
preferred means of uh, accessing band stuff were on all those things. Um, yeah, self-titled deluxe comes out March 18th, 19th? 18th, I think is the... Uh, one of those days. Uh, it might be the same day as the self-titled, but it's one of those. It's and the 18th. Uh, 18th, yeah. yeah. You could pre-order now. We got some exclusive wall flags and vinyl dips, um, some merch. Yeah, pretty excited. Awesome. Uh, I, I lied. I do have one more question. Sure. If people are going to bring stuff out for tour, what are things that you enjoy? Like, cause obviously like the personal notes and stuff, but like, is it starburst? Like, what do you Oh, want them? Oh yeah. yeah. What Ooh. are people bringing you? <laughs> you know, what's funny. You know what it was last tour? What? Magic cards. Ooh, solid. <laughs> all of us got, cause we were stuck with each other. So all of us were balls deep in magic, the gathering. Like I haven't bought decks and, and boosters in like a decade, but we got like like I I got like six boxes under my under my bed right now of decks. Spent like three hundred dollars on cards for no reason. God. Oh, so hopefully somebody like Silverstein or Prada plays Magic because I'm bringing them. <laughs> you guys want to play some games? Uh, we love um. We're beer snobs, so any nice local craft beer. Uh, Alex and I like fancy whiskeys. Um, the adult in me is like bring caffeine and energy bars for sure. Healthy, healthy snacks. Uh, but yeah, we just something, just keep in mind that they're giving it to us and we might be on like a small vehicle. So if it's like a shitload of stuff or like right. a buffet of like chili, yeah, we can't do anything with that, but, uh, I, I appreciate it. It has right. to be, most stuff has to be consumed at the show. It's really hard to transport like anything fragile, Yeah, for sure. but, uh, we'll take free beer. So I'm going to ask on Magic. I don't know that much about Magic. Mm -hmm. uh, however, I do know the Black Lotus is the like Ooh. the card. What if someone were, like, imagine for a minute someone brings you a Black Lotus. Like, what's that do for you? <laughs> well, I would first say uh, I wouldn't trust them, <laughs> first of all, <laughs> at all. Because anybody with the Black Lotus is, <laughs> is not giving it to me, for sure. Right. Um yeah, that's like a $30,000 card if it's in good condition. Right. Yeah. I'd at least try to sp like make it worth their while. Like, uh, let's split it or like how about you get something out of it too cuz like I don't deserve this. There's nothing I've ever done has deserved that kind of gift. But, but what are you giving them in return? Like that'd have to be like, okay, here's all the merch we have left, right? Oh, they can have my firstborn for a black lotus. Holy shit. Awesome, man. Come uh, at me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll make sure that I link you specifically in, in my socials and whatnot. Like, I'll even let you pick the kid's name. Like, I'll, I'll... <laughs> Naming rights to JT's kid. That's what we're putting yeah. on there. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Awesome, man. That's everything I've got. Like I said, I'm, I'm definitely going to try to hit that Fort Wayne show. Or um, you guys are closing out the tour in Louisville, which isn't too bad. It's like a three-and-a-half-hour nice. drive for me. So, um, I love Louisville. Yeah. Old Foster's Paris Town Hall. I have no idea what the fuck that venue is, but I'll be there. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll be there. there. I don't so. care. I'll be there. <laughs> so yeah, we'll we'll definitely figure out something for that, um, and maybe you know do a short one of these. On sure. The tour day, so. Yeah, let me know. I'll be down. Yeah. Awesome. I appreciate your time, man. Uh, You're welcome. Go have fun with your your uh, little. I'm at server actually. And... I'm on. I'm on a restart now, so we're getting there. Sweet. I hope it all goes well, man. Um, and yeah, we'll keep in touch for sure. Thank you, man. It was a pleasure. Thanks. Have a good one. You too, buddy. We'll see you. 
And that was my conversation with JT from the band Era. Really hope you guys enjoyed that one. Um, again, huge shout out to him for taking the time to have this conversation. Um, and, you know, just being open and having a cool conversation, not being like super corporate and, you know, having to stick within the confines of just a band conversation or anything like that. Um, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Let us know in the comments. Uh, you know, give us a thumbs up or whatever. Um, be sure that you go follow ERA. All of their social medias are linked in the description of this podcast. Um, give them a follow. Check them out on tour with Beartooth, Silverstein, and the Devil Wears Prada. That tour is kicking off very soon. Um, and yeah, that's that's everything, guys. I super appreciate everything that you do for me um, and the podcast Be sure that you like, subscribe, follow, share, all the free shit, um, because that is a huge help in the algorithm and all of that. Uh, Yeah, and let me know, you know, who you guys kind of want me to to have on the show. You know, I'll do my best to make it happen. And, you know, I'm looking forward to doing a ton of interviews and concerts are picking back up in my area, so... Hopefully a lot more concert photography for you guys coming soon as well. Um, And maybe even some of these interviews live and maybe like an Instagram live or something like that. You know, we'll do some in-person stuff as we're allowed to and and whatever. Um, So that's it, guys. Uh, Again, I appreciate it. Be sure you like, subscribe, follow, uh, and remember... Take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you make the scene.